I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. Hello, friends. (laughs) Friends? Friends. Hello, friends. (laughs) It's been a busy week for Christine and I. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even have time to, like, banter. We have so many things to talk about on this podcast in so little time. We do have a lot going on in this podcast. Uh, First of all, this Tuesday, the Oscar nominations were announced. Mm -hmm. And I actually watched some of it for the first time. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, it was on Good Morning America. It was Tracy Ellis Ross and Leslie Jordan who were doing the announcing. And gosh, Leslie Jordan is the cutest little man. And he's so funny. But it was very (laughs) interesting to watch. I didn't get to watch all of them because I had to start working. And it was around like 8.15 that they started announcing. But um, some big things are nominated this year. Yeah. So... You know what's interesting? I feel like some of these things were nominated last year. That's how long this year has been. <laughs> really? Like, I'm pretty sure Belfast, King Richard, and those, uh, I don't know. I thought there was another one. But definitely those two came out easily three years ago, for sure. So Belfast <laughs> reminds me of, oh, it I feel, Brooklyn. I immediately think Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I think of what was that movie with Carrie Affleck? Casey Affleck. Sorry. Manchester by the Sea. I don't know oh. why Belfast and Manchester by the Sea click in my mind. I've never seen either of those movies, but for some reason, I just think Manchester by the Sea. Well, Belfast, and and it wasn't wasn't Brooklyn about like the Irish people in Brooklyn or something like that? We were gonna watch it, but then we couldn't get access to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is about like a story of the early immigrants to Brooklyn. That's what I was kind of like. I was going to say like a tree grows in Brooklyn, but that is not what a tree grows in Brooklyn is about. Not at all. (laughs) That was the one summer reading book I enjoyed. Oh, that was a good book. It was. Mine was, uh, oh, I just watched it. The Outsider. The Outsiders. That was an easy one. I had a 500-page book my freshman year. They were like, listen, we're going to cut out the week now. Well, The Outsiders was, we read that in like going into eighth grade. And I just recently watched the uncut, like long version that Francis Ford Coppola did because I love Rob Lowe in that movie. Of course. We've talked about this a lot. We have. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to talk about it again. So let's talk about who's nominating for Best Picture. So don't look up. We've talked about it on this podcast. I don't think it's going to win, but yes. Oh, I want it to win, but I don't think it's going to win. King Richard has been on my list to watch for a while. And it was on HBO Max for some time, but I didn't watch it. We did one of those things where we didn't seize the opportunity. Uh, You know what? I feel like the opportunity is going to present itself pretty soon. Okay, so then we'll add it to the list. Licorice Pizza. 
I am very excited to watch, and I have been. I almost spent money to go and see this in theaters. To be honest. Oh my god. So, uh, Alana Hyam from the band Hyam is in it, and when it was about to get released, there were some Easter eggs being dropped that. Taylor Swift was going to do some songs on the soundtrack to Licorice Pizza because she is notoriously a fan of Haim. They're they're all friends and they've done music together. It, that wound up not happening. That was just like a, a fan rumor. But oh. but I still would like to see the movie. I think I saw a preview, if I can skip past a bunch of these, Nightmare Alley. I don't think I – is that with Denzel – I don't know. I think Denzel is in that one, which I hope it must be better than the little things because maybe maybe he'll climb the side of a skyscraper this time. Oh my gosh. Hopefully he's casted in age appropriate role in this one. Bradley Cooper's in it. Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Tony Collette. Okay. So not, not that. No. I, I, what am I thinking? Maybe it's drive my car. I feel like Denzel was in one of these. I think he was. I think you're right. I just okay. don't know. Now, don't know. Dune, Nick just bought all of the books to read Dune. Dave also has all of the books. I noticed Dune. that last time I was over. <laughs> yeah. And I mentioned to him that Nick just bought all of these. I saw that that was another one that I saw. It was on uh, HBO Max. And there was a, a lot of hoopla about it because Timothy Chalamet is in it and Zendaya is in it. Those are some hot actors right now. But I did not watch it. I also haven't seen it. I think the only thing I've seen here was Don't Look Up and The Power of the Dog at this point. Gee, I wonder why those are the two things we've watched so far, Christina. (laughs) I don't know. Well, we're going to eventually watch Coda. We will. We will. Eventually. Oh, and also West Side Story. I'm very excited about West Side Story. Okay, so I just want to say that, like, as I'm looking at it, the issue here is that I have all of the links, and then there's, like, this thing that says ads by Google. And then after that, I see West Side Story, like, Uh, all the way at the bottom. Yeah, you know, we're both looking at the same New York Times article, and I was looking at these this list originally. I'm like, huh, I thought West Side Story was definitely nominated for Best Picture. And, yes, they decided to plop an ad right in the middle of the list. So, yes, West Side Story is nominated for Best Picture. And to move on to our next category, Best Director, Steven Spielberg is nominated for Best Director for West Side Story. And, and I'm so have... excited. Oh, God. I, did, I missed that last part. Can oh, you say? I just said I'm so excited. I love West Side Story, and I have not seen the new West Side Story yet. And I really hope that it lives up to the original. And you said it's going to be on Disney? It's coming. I saw an ad the other day that it's coming on to Disney Plus in March. Okay. So we'll have to watch it then. Okay. 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 We're going to go into heavy Oscar mode um, with the upcoming months. It's going to be all movies, which right now this month is all movies. And I feel, for the most part, all the movies that we're talking about have been nominated for... Oscars. So, like today, we're talking about the power of the dog. Um, to move along to like best actor category, Andrew Garfield is nominated for Tick Tick Boom, which we have not watched yet. 
we're going to do it next week. Mm-hmm. What? I have never... Denzel... Oh, I found it. Denzel Washington is in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Okay. He's nominated for Best Actor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Again, hopefully it's an age-appropriate role for him. I love that Will Smith is nominated for King Richard. Um, part of me wants him to win. If I'm just looking at the category for Best Actor, we have Javier Bardem, Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew Garfield, Will Smith, and Denzel... Ugh, I don't know. I feel like Benedict may get it, but... I hope not. <laughs> That's queuing up the rest of this episode where we talk about the power of the dog. Yeah, where we talk about a cowboy going in circles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to foreshadow this shit for you all. Oh, man. As far as Best Actress, we got Olivia Coleman again. Wasn't she nominated last year for The Father, and now she's nominated for The Lost Daughter? <laughs> I am pretty sure that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. All I know Olivia Coleman as is the stepmother in Fleabag. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, Which, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even want to tell you how many times I've rewatched Fleabag season two, but it's, it's so a easy. Few it's so times. easy to watch. It's a few times. Oh, also, I want side note. I want to mention this to you, but uh, I just restarted. I just am starting to rewatch Rami because I was like, I don't know what to watch. I'm like, you know what? I said I was gonna rewatch it. Let's rewatch it. So, go check out our Rami episode back from last year. Dave has us binging Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ah, very mm. nice. Very nice. Um, I heard that Kristen Stewart is really good in Spencer. And I also saw that Spencer right now is on Hulu. Okay. Just throwing that one out there. But I heard that Spencer was a decent movie. It didn't get nominated except for Kristen Stewart. But I heard that she did a really good job. This is my theory. Okay. I have a feeling that all of these movies are going to be easily accessible prior to the oscars and then after they're not going to be anywhere to be found because especially the winners like 1917 this is 1917 all over again so we gotta watch as soon as they come on streaming services uh get prepared for a lot of text messages to you christina this is on let's watch let's watch it right now we gotta do it now it's (laughs) off tomorrow (laughs) um Also, being the Ricardos, I'm pretty sure that's a Hulu original, if I'm not mistaken. I I think whatever streaming service it is, I think that's where it came from. I, I just didn't know if it was Hulu or Netflix. I would be interested to see Nicole Kidman as Lucy Lucille Ball. I would as well. And I'd like to preface that based on the last thing that we saw her in, which was The Undoing. <laughs> And right, That's... not not her, not like the best. But then we also saw her in what was that musical about? Like the 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 movie that was the musical the about prom. the gay prom. The prom. prom. That's it. Well, right. she come didn't she come out at the prom? Did she? What do you I mean? messed this up. She's gay. She came out at the prom, and then they had a gay prom for her because she wasn't welcome at the other one. Am I messing? Did yes, I mess? That this is up? the premise of the movie, the prom, but. She was a Broadway actress, and the Broadway theater people went to throw her a prom. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm on the right track. You here. are on the right... the right track. 
Okay, because you're looking at me, and I was like, oh, no. Did I, I thought, mix movies? I thought you were saying that Nicole Kidman's character came out, and they threw a prom for her. No. My bad. But yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we saw her in that, but it was like a small role. So, like, the last thing yeah. we saw him was The Undoing. And I remember you specifically saying, she needs to take time to reinvent herself. And then when I saw this, I was like, maybe she listened to our podcast. Perhaps. It got to Nicole Kidman. And she was like, you know what? That's right. Let's let's talk about, uh, let's try Lucille Ball. Because her character in The Undoing and her character in Big Little Lies were, like, a little too similar. Well, her character in The Undoing was, like, a caricature of her character in Big Little Lies. Yes. Almost. Yes. But Not bad. Just, like, overdone. Yeah. Like, I'll eat my steak well done. I don't necessarily like it that way at all. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not terrible. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Okay. Now, it's interesting that you bring up the prom because uh. if you recall from that episode of the prom, I was very excited about a young actress named Ariana Dubois. Dubois. Du Bois still don't know how to pronounce her name, but I was excited about her, and I thought that she was fantastic. And guess what? She's nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for West Side Story. That's right. That's right. I do remember that. Now that you've told me everything all over again, I remember it. Yes. (laughs) It's okay. It happens. We can't remember everything. I really can't. If you remember everything, imagine what type of person you would be like. If you remember everything, I'm, I'm already mad. I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'm ups- I'm not I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. So, I'm very excited for Ariana. I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name again um because she plays Anita. Anita? Yeah, Anita. The older sister. Mhm. Yes. Or is she a cousin? It doesn't matter. She she pr- I'm sure she plays a great role and she has the pipes to back it up. We will find out soon <laughs> when we watch it. J.K. Simmons is in Being the Ricardos? Who does he play? He must play Fred. My mom watched it and she said she enjoyed it. Who is the neighbor's husband? Who's who's their their neighbor? I don't know, but when you said that, I thought of the short that was nominated last year or the year before. The Neighbor's Window. Oh, that was... I actually liked that one. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Was that nominated last year or the year before that? I, I think we've been at this game for quite some time. I think it was two years ago. I think it was two years ago because I think that's right when the pandemic hit and we're like, uh, we're going to do shorts. Yeah. <laughs> we can access them. This is what we'll do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I it looks, there are some great things nominated. Um, of course, like, you know, all the... I'm, and I'm excited to watch. Corella apparently was nominated for costume design. Yes, I did see that. And I actually saw that one announced. Which I'm... I have still not watched Cruella. I also still have not watched Encanto. And I hear that Encanto is very, very good. And that's nominated for Best Animated Feature. I, I think we put that on our list at some... Um, maybe for March or something like that. Yeah. And so Corella was also nominated for makeup and hairstyling. And then as I'm looking, this is the only time I've seen House of Gucci. 
So I feel like this movie was like it, I didn't I haven't seen it, so I I can't really say anything. But it was hype. It was hyped like The Irishman, and yeah. I feel like it's having the same impact as The Irishman. I mean, the only downside is it's not getting the same nominations as The Irishman because The Irishman got a lot of nominations. Yeah, House of Gucci was definitely, definitely hyped up. And I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, oh, this is really exciting. And then I feel like I saw more of the trailer. I'm like, "Uh, is it going to be good? I don't know. And it turned out that it wasn't. I still have not seen it, but... Yeah. We can always put it on the list and rip it to pieces. Oh, I don't want to do that to Gaga. I love Gaga. Gaga. I was in I was in the Dunkin' Donuts today and they were playing Alejandro and oh, my like my high school self awoken and she said, Don't call my name, don't call my name. Alejandro. I was in the car and that came on. Really? Were yeah. we listening to the same radio station? Maybe. What were you doing at four o'clock this afternoon? Were you in the car? Oh, it was today? No, 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 no. no. This was like last week. So, so yeah, I, I guess think... we'll see. I mean, there's other things, but like, obviously we don't care about them. So, <laughs> well, I mean, the next nominations we have to talk about is what we're talking about today, which is Christina. The Power of the Dog, which is available on Netflix. And it's rated R. Do you think that's a valid rating? Yes, you see his penis. Oh, you do see his penis. You don't see full penis. You see, like, the, the tip. The, not the I tip. My, not I the tip, the put sh- my head down. And Dave goes, we're showing peen? <laughs> it wasn't full penis. It's, like, where it begins. He's... <laughs> <laughs> He's, like... He's like, wait, make sure you mark this explicit. Oh yes, it will be. He's like, um, what? How did Benedict? How did they get him to do this? How did they get him on board with this? Is the title of this episode "The Power of the Dog"? Oh, we're showing peen. Yeah. We're showing peen. This is a whole new uh, generation of two girls watch TV. It really, it really <laughs> is. I I need for our our OG fans to know, and you probably do, when we first started this, Danielle and I vowed that we would never curse on this podcast. And Danielle, like, broke that rule so quickly, and then I just followed suit. It went right (laughs) out the fucking window. (laughs) YouTube is clean, though. Other than the fact that we're drinking alcohol, YouTube Mm, is clean. Yeah, absolutely. So... Am I good to talk about the nominations? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so let's start with the Golden Globes since we've just been talking a lot about the Oscars. Um, This won Best Picture Drama at the Golden Globes. Um, Cody Smith-McPhee won Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. Oh, actually just Motion Picture, sorry. And then Jane Campion won Best Director uh, at the Golden Globes. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch was nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. Uh, Kirsten Dunst was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Motion Picture. Um, this was nominated for Best Screenplay, and then Johnny Greenwood was nominated for Best Score in a Motion Picture. Now, at the Oscars, it currently has twelve nominations. Not going to go into all of them, but uh, you're not. No, but the big ones are Cody Smith McPhee is nominated for best uh, 
uh, Best Supporting Actor. Um, this is nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Best Achievement in Directing, Best uh, Best Motion Picture. Um, Jesse Plemons is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Benedict Cumberbatch is nominated for Best Actor. Uh, and Kirsten Dunst is nominated for Best Actress. And the list goes on and on and on. So, what is your summary? For I this? did my best here. I did my best. First, I need you to understand <clears throat> that I put this movie on. I was like, Dave, I have to watch this movie. I think you'll like it. It's a Western. I, I really have to stop doing that. I have to st- I have to stop doing that. It's fun- and so it's funny because I tried to get Nick to watch this with me and he watched and I thought maybe he would like it and then he watched the trailer and he's like, nah, I'm good. You can go ahead and watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, Dave sat through it and then he's also kicking me because I'm falling asleep. And I don't want to blame the movie. I want to blame everything else in my life. But the movie didn't help. Yes. And then I went into a coughing fit. And then I woke up. Very nice. But I was like straight up. What do they call it? Uh, Nodding. Chopping wood. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Chopping wood. But that's more like when you're snoring. No, I wasn't snoring. But my head was falling so hard. That it could like break a brick. You were like one of those like bobblehead dogs on a dashboard. Yes. On a long road trip. So. <laughs> I was a bobblehead doll on a dashboard driving over a cobblestone road. So it was a struggle. Yeah. And I was like so tired. So I did my best. I was not about to watch this movie again. Sorry. We're not like, well, listen, we're not going to pay for this. So I'm not going to. No need to apologize or explain. You did your best. So please. All right. A cowboy hates his brother's wife and tries to come between the family. His nephew eventually catches on and plays him out at his own game. I think that's an excellent uh, summary. Okay. I think that's the summary that should be going around more than what the summary that's going around right now. Well, maybe IMDb, hire me. What are you doing? You're really going to like the ending. <laughs> Did you look at my notes? No, I didn't. So, let's get into our characters. Cranky, grumpy, and slightly evil Phil Burbank is our main character, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a Yale alumni, um, alumnus, whatever. He's a Yale alum, let's go with that. But lives on the family ranch in Beach, Montana with his brother George, played by Jesse Plemons. Uh, Jesse Plemons is a veteran on the show he Mm -hmm. was in last year's winner for best picture which is judas and black messiah i don't know why i added an r in the word messiah 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 (laughs) i speak with a person who is from new york too often and has a thick new york accent so sometimes that happens to me when i speak um judas and black messiah and he was also in the irishman yes i looked up the irishman but now that you said that the light bulb just went off in my head think yes he was also in judas and the black messiah Duh, he was the cop he was the cop i've said the word jesse plemons often and to be honest it's one of those words i enjoy plemons, plemons. added to the list it's, it's added 
upper echelon, nooks and crannies, <laughs> Plemons. It's a short list. Okay, so George marries a local widow, Rose, played by Kirsten Dunst, uh, who is made to jump through mental hoops by Phil and starts drinking to cope with it. Uh, Rose has a son, Peter, played by Cody Smith McPhee. He is thin and odd and often made fun of, but he doesn't seem to care. He is incredibly smart and hopes to be a surgeon one day. And is also, he and Rose are grappling with the loss of her husband and his father. So, let's get into our climax. Wait, we have another veteran on the show. Oh, oh, yes. So, oh, I don't know what her name is, though. I know where you're going with this. I don't know what her name is. I don't know either. I'm trying to find it now. She is the maid in the house, and she is the girl that plays in Jojo Rabbit. Yes. So all I could think of in my head is the little kid going, Jojo girl in the closet. That's, <laughs> I was like, Dave, she's from Jojo Rabbit. And that was the only line I could think of at that time that reminded me of like when she first appears, when she's like creepy down the stairs. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I, I saw her and I knew her immediately. I was like, I know you. Jojo Rabbit, you think you can get away from, get, think you could get she, one past me? She, she also has a very distinct voice. Like I recognize it very clearly. And isn't it interesting that in this movie, she wanted to give a carrot to the rabbit that Peter had caught. And she was in the movie Jojo Rabbit. Ah. Look at that connection. They didn't even plan yeah. that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. let's let's get into our climax let's our suspicions about phil are confirmed he is indeed a closeted gay man and had a relationship with the late bronco henry that he can't okay. shut up minute. about he's gay he's for sure gay yes he is gay okay because i if this movie's all about symbolism so it's like yes. not okay all right no. all right because cool. dave and i were arguing about that no okay. he's 100 percent gay he is 100% gay. Bronco Henry, he and he and him had a thing. So, Peter finds out this information when he finds Phil with some 1920s porn while that actually belonged to Bronco Henry while he's bathing in the river. After this moment, Phil decides to take Peter under his wing and start to be nicer to him. Rose is not happy about this. Phil says he will make Peter a rope by the time Peter goes back to school and Phil will teach Peter how to use it, this plan goes awry when Rose gives up the drying cowhides to the local Native Americans because the servant said that Phil just burns them anyway and refuses to give them over. So she decides to, you know, show her dominance over Phil. Uh, this causes a huge fight between Phil and Rose with George trying to mediate. Uh, Peter tells Phil that he has some cowhide for him to use. He had been, he claims that he's been saving it, uh, saving the cowhides because he wanted to be like, more like Phil. Phil uses Peter's cowhides and finishes the rope. The next day he is violently ill and the gash on his hand has gotten worse. They take him to the doctor, but it is too late. Phil dies. Okay, so the first part of my ending, all I wrote was, Phil dies. <laughs> so we were on the same wavelength. <clears throat> yeah. So then I 
I was going to jump past the funeral because there's really not a big scene. Although it's super weird because his eyes are open while he's in the casket. Yeah. Um, Is that a thing that they did in like Western times? Perhaps. They didn't think to go. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Maybe also like. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to think about it too much, but maybe it's not a thing that didn't happen back then. Well, his, for sure his eyes are open, yeah. and don't ask me how I know this, but your eyes do get like that black when you're basically dead and they're just exposed to oxygen for so long. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, like, they just, they purposely left his eyes open. I... I Usually seeing somebody in a casket is a telltale sign that they're dead, you know? Like, I didn't yeah. I didn't need his eyes open, do. Yeah. I don't know. So, after they get back from the, um, after Peter's parents get back from the funeral, Peter watches them from the window, and they get out of a car, they walk back into the house, and they give each other an embrace and, like, a quick kiss, and Peter watches this, smiles, and walks away from the window to signify a sign of relief that Phil is no longer a part of their lives. I think you're missing one giant piece of information here. Okay. Which is that at the funeral, the doctor goes up to... Oh, the, um, the anthrax. Yes. The That's doctor right. goes up to george and says we will be done with the autopsy but we think that it's anthrax and the viewer thinks huh how would george how would phil get anthrax and it flashes and then your mind goes back to a conversation that phil and peter had where the like phil Peter asked Phil if any cows died when they're moving them, and he said, yes, some have anthrax, and we leave them to die, and then we see Peter going and getting those cow hides, and then we see that Peter knew about the gash on his hand, so in turn, Peter killed Phil. Yes. And that is why he was handling the rope so gingerly at the end, because with a glove on, because he knew that the rope was tainted with anthrax that he used to kill Phil with. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. My bad. No worries. All right. So on IMDb, it was a 6.9 out of 10. On Metacritic, the Metascore was an 89, and the user score was a 7.1. Okay. So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 94%, and the audience gave it, very surprisingly, an 85%, because I thought it was going to be a lot lower with the audience. Same. <laughs> so would you mind if I go into my reviews really quick? Go for it. The reason why I thought the audience score was going to be much lower is because I saw a lot of these reviews. It's a two-star review that says, Boring as hell. I have no idea what this movie is about. I'm, I'm shocked that this movie is getting this much nominations. Which, like, fair attempt at a sentence there, but it's a little wrong. Um, now, a review that I agree with most is this one this is a three and a half out of five star review 
It's not a terrible film, but the amount but the amount of Oscar attention is completely absurd. Cumberbatch is excellent, but the nomination for Jesse Plemons, his sleepwalk of a performance was nowhere near Oscar worthy. But the biggest eye roll must be reserved for the nomination for Johnny Greenwood Johnny Greenwood for Best Original Score. His soundtrack is intrusive and at times amateurist. The piano tinkles comically as uh, Rose runs after the Native Americans, as if a deadline is looming and the music is quickly improvised on the first viewing. The unusual acoustic guitar sound near the beginning of the film is quite interesting, but the repeated use of the same theme later in the film serves no emotional function and interferes with dialogue. The hyperdramatic and atonal string ensemble orchestra- ensemble orchestrations are a throwback to the avant-garde 70s, intentional or not. I know that the Hollywood that Hollywood is a flutter that a member of Radiohead is writing the score, but the hip- Hippocratic oath for composers to first do no harm. Uh, The film would not have fared better without any music. Oh, the film would have fared better without any music at all in many spots, which I do agree with. I agree. The silence would have made the on-screen musical performances stand out much more. Academy Awards politics aside, the movie does have some compelling elements. The mountain, the mountainous backdrop is spectacular and the performances hold interest even at the glacially slow mystery of the plot to test patience. <laughs> Campion takes far too long to reveal any central conflict other than Phil's meanness. The movie seems to be about George initially then about Rose until finally we understand it is quite clearly about neither one exasperated sigh. Our tolerance for open-ended questions is never quite rewarded. The reason for the title is explained as an aside and yet its metaphorical relevance remains unexplored. Is there a comment about the fantasy or idol worship in the legend of Bronco Henry? Do the latent hints of homoeroticism pay off? Are we even seeking any sort of comeuppance by the end? It seems that a film nominated for 12 Academy Awards should be far more satisfying than The Power of the Dog. That was was a big one, but I agree with a lot of it. A lot of that needed to be said, I think. Yes. All right, so mine is titled, I Can't Play. Okay. And it's a four out of ten. And I have to imagine that this person wrote telegraphs, telegrams, <laughs> telegraphs, telegrams. telegrams. You don't write a telegraph. You write a telegram. Yes, you do. Right. So I'm going to do it like for the first couple sentences and you'll just get the idea. Okay. The film takes place in 1925 on Cattle Ranch in Montana. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was filmed in New Zealand, which gave me Lord of the Rings flashbacks. Stop. Two brothers are ranchers. Stop. <laughs> like, that's how the sentences are. Phil Burbank is a man's man. An interesting choice of words, good sir. <laughs> who, you get it? I get it. Okay. Who, who loving call his brother George Fatso. George marries a local widow who has a son that makes flowers out of paper. Phil is hard on both. Stop. Eventually befriends the son to dismay the mother. This is a Western drama about relationships. 
not really a Western, other than the fact that it pretends to be to take place in Montana. I found it boring. Guide, no swearing or sex. Rear male nudity. This guy obviously didn't see the peen. He missed it. <laughs> missed the peen. <laughs> so I di- Well, all right, let's just keep going. Okay, can we let's let's you know what let's give some highs first. Do you have any highs? I thought I thought the majority of the acting was good. I have to say, but it's tied to a low. So I don't know how you want me to go about this. Okay, let, let me give you some highs because I do agree that the acting was good. I think that- Oh, did- wait, I have one more. I have one more. Go ahead, go ahead. The scenery was absolutely stunning. I agree with you. The scenery was stunning, but also just the shots, the cinematography were absolutely beautiful. Seeing the barking dog in the mountains and Phil being like amazed that Peter could see it, I was, it was done great. Incredible. Yes. I agree that the acting was very good. I liked Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie. Kirsten Dunst, man, love seeing Kirsten Dunst in a movie. She is extremely underrated. And I want to see more things with her because all I think when, when I see her, all I think about is bring it on. And I think that she should be in more movies. That's just my <laughs> humble opinion. So, okay. I th- go ahead and talk about like the acting was good, but tie in your low. But not Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. <laughs> this was, and it, it, I, I, okay. Uh, it's not my favorite role that he's ever done. That's okay. the subjective way of saying it. Now I'm going to say it in an objective way. Okay. This isn't the best thing he's ever done. Okay. Because if you think, like, just, I can think of other things that I've said. Listen, he is Sherlock as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's the best damn Sherlock I've ever seen. And that means I'm throwing Robert Downey Jr. out of that mix. Benedict Cumberbatch mwah, is a fantastic Sherlock. Yeah, this was not okay. Honestly, this reminded me of Knives Out, where the acting was pretty good, but the accents kind of ruined it. Okay, there were times where it was like that foghorn, leghorn, horse shit, and I'm like, "What are we doing? What's going on here?" Yeah, this ain't it. Yeah. So, you know what kills me about this movie? And I I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it. You know I like these like deep artistic movies. I yeah, I was afraid that you were gonna like no, it actually. Because I wanted to like it too. I was like, I haven't watched a western well, other than Blazing Saddles, but that's more like spaghetti western. Yeah. Um but Spaghetti-os. I watched a western, like gone out of my way to watch a western. Oh my god, year, years. My dad has been on a big western kink kick. Yikes. Ew. <laughs> my dad has been on a big western kick uh every time i go over he's watching a western movie but what kills me about this movie is the friggin dialogue why can no one keep a conversation in this movie except and like if that's the point of the movie like it's supposed to be very slow and it's not supposed to be about the dialogue fine but then you introduce characters like the governor his wife and the elder burbanks who are just there for a dinner party and you think 
oh, they can have a conversation. Those two know how to act in social situations. Apparently no one else in the movie knows how to act in social situations. At the end of the day, action moves the story forward. When you rely too heavily on dialogue, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. And especially when you're relying on symbolism because you don't want to tell people, hello, this is a symbol. Yeah. This is what this symbolizes. So you kind of have to rely on action. And I will say that the one scene that was pretty decent with dialogue is when he finds the barking dog. Yeah, I thought that once Peter, once Phil stopped being a all-around terrible person... And a dick. What? A dick. Oh my god! Like it. It even went beyond just being like a a mean person. Like he was like he was manipulative. And I I like the idea that you know he's so self conscious about himself and he's hiding this big secret, so he feels the need to tear others down to make himself feel better. I think that's fascinating in a character, but like. Oh, God, terrible. But then once he starts being friends with Peter, I was like, I like this, but also, like, I don't know about this. I don't know. I wish that there was more of that and less of, like, the Rose-George situation, because I felt like they kind of relied too much on that. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like there were too many things that they were trying to connect here, and they were only relying on dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just think that this movie was very, very slow. Like, it did not need to be as long as it did. Yes. Um, and then my last low was that I don't approve of any kind of horse abuse, even if it's a movie and it's fake, and how dare Benedict Cumberbatch beat a horse. Yeah, I didn't understand. When we were watching, he's like, he's gonna beat the horse again. like you don't want to watch it yeah it was leave the animals alone (sighs) unless they're coming at you then you got to do what you got to do but leave them alone different different story different story just because you're pissed doesn't mean that you can beat a horse for no reason yeah just like a really terrible person but i think he was see i think that that was hard he was he was like pretty good at being pretty bad but that when he started to be good, it was like, I don't trust you. And I don't know if that was their goal to have us not trust him at first and to kind of see how that plays out. But it was a hard sell to have him have a change of heart, I think. I agree. But I also, I did like the ending where, you know, throughout the movie, Phil thinks a lot of himself. Like, that's a big part of his character that he constantly feels like he's smarter than everyone and that's why he can easily manipulate people and that's why like when rose is like playing the piano and he's up top playing the banjo perfectly and she's playing the piano terribly it's kind of like i'm better than you and he constantly needs to prove that to people and in a way he met his match with peter because peter like the big thing about seeing the barking dog in the mountains was that it took phil a while to notice it but peter noticed it immediately you know and at the end of the day peter was able to actually outsmart phil yeah well that barking dog was symbolism of that for sure absolutely or foreshadow that's a little bit of both yeah so what'd you eat? So I didn't actually eat anything while watching this movie. How did you get through it without food? 
So I had went to brunch before watching this movie. I was brunching, brunching, brunching. So um, I had a salmon burger with mm. truffle fries mm. and an Aperol spritz before watching oh. this. That's way better than what I did. But I also found these, not these chips that I was crunching and munching before we started recording. Siete, that brand, makes chips out of cassava flour. Not important. They were nacho flavored and non-dairy. Ooh, were they good? So, uh, yeah, they didn't really taste like nachos, but like the flavor was like packed. Like it was really good. Did it taste like a Dorito? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I ate a lot of those. And then I think I had a ladder bar and some chocolate. It's a long movie. Bring your snacks. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. <laughs> um, what is your expectation versus reality for this one? I feel terrible for saying this, but I thought there was going to be like shooting and like rooting, tooting and like – I don't know, Western. Th- he said one thing. I think he just made up a word. And Dave, we were just hysterical. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't like darn tootin'. It was like something that sounded like that, but it wasn't real. I- I'm sure you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I do vaguely remember that now that you're I, saying that. The two of us looked at each other and we were like, that's not a word. And then Dave was like, oh, they just like recorded this and told him to do something like a cowboy. And this was the first take. Improv, Benedict. Improv. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I was expecting more like, I don't, I, I don't want to say stereotypical or typical, but like Western tropes, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely wasn't expecting this out of this movie. I thought that there was a lot more, there were a lot of other things that could have made this movie better. Like the idea of the movie is very, very interesting Mm -hmm. and i think that if there was just like a little bit better dialogue and people actually said what they wanted to say in this movie as opposed to like being Mm -hmm. ridiculous maybe it would have been a more fascinating of a movie we said the same thing that the storyline is really interesting they just didn't tell it in the most effective way i'm all about symbolism i'm all about beautiful shots but it needs to these people need to feel like they were actually people and not just, like, sitting there with blank stares on their faces. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, oh, yeah. If I may quote the great Paul Hollywood, it's all style, no substance. <laughs> Damn right, Paul Hollywood. Um, w- Did you have an IRL moment? I mean, uh, I wasn't – I had clothes on, but – I for sure know what it's like to walk out of muddy water because I've done four tough mudders. So the Mm -hmm. feeling of like coming out of the water and you're just covered head to toe in mud can relate. (laughs) I can't say I can relate to that. I really didn't have an IRL moment or anything that I could relate to in this movie. (laughs) Except Kirsten Dunst's outfits were, they were nice. I just remember they made like a man-made pond. And then there was so much mud in it. And as I'm going through it, I'm thinking to myself, because you're like, you have to keep your mind busy as you're going through. I'm like, so wait a minute. They made this, which means they put, they dug it out. They put water in and then they put the dirt 
back in. They made it muddy. They did this on purpose. There's mud everywhere else. You know? This is, these are not things that I think of, but I do understand the, the concept of what are they doing here? How did they do this? It's a five foot drop. My head was the only thing above water. Oui. Yeah. So, so. there's that. <laughs> Covered head to toe. My eyelashes had mud crusted on them. What? Oh, yeah. What? That was really, I looked really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we did it all. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. If you appreciate symbolism, I think I think you will be a person who appreciates this movie. But also, if you appreciate symbolism, I have to imagine that you appreciate getting to symbolism, in which case you may not appreciate this movie. If you're a person who appreciates artistic movies, watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Do not watch this. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that statement. We can agree, agree. on something. I agree. And I'll tell you why. Because even though it was slow, um, it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. little bit more than this. I agree. So. And it wasn't even in English. It was not in English. It wasn't in English. And I still think it made more sense. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Forgot about that part. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, let's be done with this. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Any final thoughts? Oh, you no. didn't have an IRL moment. No, I didn't have an IRL moment. I, I said all I need to say about this movie. All right. I, I'm, if it wins Best Picture, I'm going to be pissed. I am going to be annoyed. Yeah. If Benedict Cumberbatch wins, I'm going to be like, mm-mm. Give it to no. Will Smith. <laughs> didn't yeah. Even, I just... Didn't even see the movie, and I'm going to say give to Will Smith. <laughs> I was going to ask you. No. Yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know. I want to go back. I want to see if anybody made a YouTube compilation of all of like the ridiculous things that he said. Because I'll play that to, and have a glass of wine. Okay. That's my, that's my plan. Oh, man. All right. So we're on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classics Dina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. Send us an email with reviews we have next week. What do we have? We're doing Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom. So send us a review probably before Tuesday because we record during the week. So if you want us to read it, send it by then. Um, uh, TwoGirlsWatchTV at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Check out the blog, Beer, Coffee, Donuts. And we have some new YouTube videos coming out on Two Girls Drink Beer. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Bye. What's up?